Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Open Mic with the MVP, Marco. Obviously, a chick, it's a Chick-fil-A show production. I'm the MVP, Marco, of course. Um, and, you know, I only I don't have any sponsors on the show, but I do like to do some little house cleaning before we get into the interview. And I got an awesome guest this, this time around. So uh, my house cleaning is obviously, it's always the Pod Foundation. That's the uh, that's the crew that I'm a part of. That's a crew that, you know, Chick Foley um, or Sheena Phelps and her husband, Seth Phelps, started. You know, it was basically a collection of all the, what we thought were the best content creators and podcasters in, in wrestling and, and in general. Um, and obviously that consists of the Chick Foley show with, uh, like I mentioned myself, Seth, Sheena, and uh, Jordan Wells, the fig god as we call him, because he's great at uh, at fig hunting. Uh, we also have the coming down the aisle with J Bone. Uh, that's that's my uh, partner on the uh, on the raw down uh, on the um, Turnbuckle Tavern feed. If you're familiar familiar with Turnbuckle Tavern, you definitely should be. Uh, they they're mainly the they're the workhorses of the Pod Foundation. They literally have a podcast every single week. They they don't stop. I'm actually like I said, I know I'm I'm in the inner workings. I'm a part of that. Like I said, I do their show called the raw down on it's on youtube thursday nights at eight live uh me and jay bone we give our musings on the uh you know what's what's happening in the world of the wwe and a little bit of AEW if it, if it pops up if, if it kind of intersects we'll do that um last but not least the extra cooler show nick um and, and matt and in the survivor series team they're a part of the crew as well uh they just came back from hiatus uh they're pumping out some shows right now they're the nostalgic part of our our crew so they go back in the archives and they kind of, you know, give their commentary on old matches, uh, old pay-per-views, what, what have you. And they do some current stuff as well. So definitely check them out. You can always find out all the new information, all the new episodes that pop up. You'll find on, uh, at pod foundation on IG and then all, all of our individual, um, uh, Instagram accounts as well. Definitely follow all of us if you can, if not, like I said, pod foundation, and you'll get all up the up-to-date news on uh, what's happening with the pod foundation. So, let me bring in my uh my guests this time around. Uh, this gentleman is a uh, I'm gonna say one of the best artists out there. Um, definitely definitely go to his page. Um, when we do the plugs later on. He, you you definitely won't be uh definitely won't be disappointed. Um, I'm actually wearing uh one of his uh works right here on my shirt. Nation of Domination. Can't get the full picture in there, but as you can see, a pretty swell shirt and uh. Uh, this guy's a pretty swell guy. Uh, I'm gonna bring him on. Nolanium. How are you, sir? How are you doing? Hey, hey Marco. What's <laughs> up, dude? Oh man. Um, like I said, definitely a fan. Get the rocking the shirt. Not not trying to get any brownie points or anything like that. But uh, like I was saying, it's uh, you know, it's I mean, I'm in Massachusetts, it's fall season. We're starting to bring out the long sleeves, the hoodies, and all that stuff. So, and this is one of my favorite pieces here. This is from the uh uh, Black Wrestling Podcast, which uh, I was talking to you a little bit before we hopped on. One of my one of my favorite podcasts out there. Um, how did you get connected with like working with them? Like, did they reach out to you for some of these pieces and things like that? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Matt Damon, he hit me up. You know, not Matt, not Matt Damon. Oh my god, I was like, what? <laughs> Matt Damon. No, no, no. This this Matt Damon, in my opinion, is <laughs> an upper echelon. So, uh, no, Matt hit me up. He he shot me an email, and this was during COVID. Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of opportunities kind of opened up for me during COVID because a lot of people were thinking outside the box about some new things they could do, yep. some ways they could bring in revenue and also entice the fans and get some excitement going around. 
so Matt hit me up and he was like, dude, I want you to do a nation of domination shirt. I'm like, bro, I, I freaking <laughs> love the nation. Like I still think about 98. I'm like sitting in front of my TV watching <laughs> law and I'm seeing all four of them in the middle of the ring, just stirring up that crowd, getting them all freaking like oh, yeah. fired up. And then watching the rock come into his own. And then, and then also Owen being a part of it, like a uh, part of it on the outside was also really entertaining. But yeah, Matt, Matt reached out to me. I did the piece and, and it blew up, man. Like all of a sudden, like they put it out there into the world and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying how they put it out. I'm not saying, yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying what the means were of them putting it out, but they managed to sell a lot of shirts and some of the, the, the people that I ended up seeing photos of wearing them yeah. were, were people like, um, you know, Mercedes Monet. Yep. I seen that. Uh, Big E. Yep. Um, and then uh, uh, Ron Funches. Yeah. Yeah. Ron Funches ended up wearing it on stage for, uh, for one of his comedy shows. So that was like, I was like, wow. <laughs> I love the nation. Especially when you come up with an idea like that, like just a, well, I mean, I kind of want to talk about the nation now that you brought it up and, you know, just, just thinking, because you just brought up all those different iterations of the, of the, uh, of the nation of domination as a, when it started up to, up until when obviously the rock took over and, you know, started his own crew, which, what's your favorite version of the nation of domination? Would you say? I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge mark for the rock. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm a huge mark for the rock. <laughs> I thought it was just, I just thought it was really entertaining. I think the entire idea of the nation is, is super valid. Even in the, even like the current era yeah. of everything that's been going on, especially with, you know, during COVID, um, you know, like black lives matter and all that. Yeah. I feel like something that has the weight of the nation now could be even greater than it was back in 98. Yeah. But yeah. also on the same token, man, that's some heavy stuff to like, having a wrestling show with like eight-year-olds and like seven-year-olds yeah. in the audience yep. but um uh i met farouk for the first time uh, uh ron simmons yep uh at wrestlecon in la back in april and i made this huge uh collage piece of of all the black wrestlers that i had drawn over like the, the okay. many years Yep. So it had everybody i mean it had it had like little cutouts from the nation shirt i did it had some other stuff with, you know, it, it had everyone. It had Jade Cargill in it. It, it had, um, you know, it just had all these amazing black wrestlers that have really made a name for themselves over the past like 30, 40 years. And I gave it to Ron and I, I wasn't asking for anything in return. It was just a gift. Wasn't asking for an autograph. I just said, you know, Hey man, you're someone I've watched my whole life. I really appreciate everything you've done. I mean, you're, he was the first black world champ. Yep. That's huge. Yep. So I, I him and he just stared at it. He just like looked at it for like five minutes and he was just, he didn't say damn or anything like that, but <laughs> would have, but he was like super grateful, super, super nice. It was a really, really cool experience, dude. Yeah. How, how's you? Know, I, I can't, well, we'll I'll, I'll get to my next question, but like, you got to think like he's looking at that, like that, that, that picture that you gave him. And it's like, He's probably thinking in his mind, like all, like you know, obviously, like you said, he's he's a trailblazer, trailblazer, the first, uh, you know, world champion that you know was black, and like now yeah. he's seeing all these people after him, all these athletes coming out. He's probably looking at it like the not not that he's like you know responsible for all of them, but like he's probably looking at it like 
like holy like this is like this is i i I'm not that i started it but like this is like something that i kind of like you know kind of like started moving forward with all these you know all these like young athletes i want to come into this business because of something that i did or something i've seen obviously you could go for go backwards and go like butch reed and you right. know like junkyard dog and all that stuff um but he he's he was the one that like show that it could happen like he you know he won a world championship he was the yeah. face of a company when there weren't any at that time there weren't any you know black black uh pe- black athletes that were the world champions of a wrestling organization um what not even ju- junkyard dog i mean yeah, yeah. He, he was stuck in like the mid card uh area but uh, odd enough he was like their most he was the most popular wrestler at that time he was like he was kind of like the uh, not to, I hate to use it, but he was he was equivalent of Hulk Hogan at the time in popularity. Um, yeah, even when he was at the WWE too, when he moved over over there, the crowd just loved him. He just but they just didn't give him that like you know push to obviously win the championship. But um, so at least back in the eighties, there was a person that did and that that was you know Ron Simmons. Like he he definitely uh, blazed a trail for a lot of people and fans as well too. Not just not just the wrestlers, like a lot of like you know black kids like myself, you know, yeah, watching that and then watching like other wrestlers come up, you, you know, he said to him, he moved over to WWE, Mark Henry, you know, the rock D all these guys like under his tutelage. And yeah, man, it was, it was that I, I wouldn't, I, I would like, I'd probably freak out if I was in that position you were in. Uh, were you like, were you like, kind of like, were you just like, ah, you know, this is me. I, you know, I'm the best at this. Here's my artwork. Are you just like, holy, holy crap. I'm standing next to, uh, well, it's a tricky <laughs> thing, right? Like, like Ron, you know, like Ron, Ron's tenured, you know, he, he was in a predominantly white industry, mm-hmm. you know, back in the eighties, you know, he played the game. He, yep. he was, but he was also, he was respected and revered by all of his peers. You know yep. what I mean? And when, when you're an artist, like, I don't know if people could see me right now, but I'm, I'm as white as it comes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, but you, you have an artist come to you and and they happen to be caucasian like myself but they are giving you a piece with like 30 plus african-american wrestlers on it yeah. and and letting you know hey man like i hold you in the utmost of reverence i respect mm-hmm. you i respect everything that all these other wrestlers have done as well but i think the coolest thing is you're talking about being a fan right yeah. And seeing Ron do his thing, all those other wrestlers were fans too. Yeah, that's right. And that's super transformative. Like, if you meet any wrestler in today's era, you know, anyone that's been wrestling in the last 10 years, those guys are just as big of fans as we are. Yeah. They right. just put, you know, they put the elbow grease in to like make it all happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, no, he was super, super generous. Uh, I gave the same print to Mark Henry, the boogeyman. Um, and Devon and all, all of them were just like, whoa, I, I think the gravity or the weight hits you once you see everyone together, you know? What yeah. I mean? It's, it, it's like I said, it, it, it has to, it, I mean, like I said, I'm not, I can't read their minds, but just seeing something like, like that and them being the, you know, the veterans, the legends, um, of the industry and them seeing like all these people like that, like, you know, that were there before them there when they were there and then after them, they, it, it definitely has to have some type of effect on yeah. it, like how far how far are they coming obviously with the you know with the championship reigns like you know, obviously the rock kobe kingston bobby lashley mm-hmm. um you know just to, just to name a few there and yeah i mean it's it it would definitely definitely be something that you know i would i mean if i, I was presented something like that i'd probably be for it as well <laughs> i'd be like holy, yeah. holy crap but um the, the what other uh 
what other wrestlers or like you know stars have you have you ran into or run into or or uh, you know interacted with because of the your artwork? Well, I mean, there's lots of collaborations. It's a very collaborative type of business. So, yep. I think my first real for, foray into doing a collaborative artwork for a wrestler was with Hulk Hogan back in 2011, 2012. Wow. Um, I helped them launch their beach shop in Clearwater. So we ended up oh. having some phone conversations where we talk about some ideas and some concepts and what they were looking for. I'd send sketches and then we kind of go from there and then it became its own thing, um, which was like its own thing that like talking with Hulk Hogan over the phone, someone I had watched for yeah. know, decades was just wild to me. But then as I started to kind of get into the industry proper and not dealing with like things that were outside of wrestling that were like tangential, like a beat shop. Yeah. Um, my favorite interactions so far have been with Finn Balor uh, because he himself is also an artist. He, oh. you know, he draws, he does graffiti. He's a very talented graphic designer. If you actually look at some of the stuff he's done. Um, and I've had a collaboration with him where we worked on a chalk line jacket together. Oh, okay. That one was a lot of fun because he actually contributed his own artwork for it. He actually did a special sketch of him doing the finger guns. Uh, and that's on the sleeves of the jacket. That's awesome. And that's something you can't find on any piece of WWE merch anywhere else. Um I have a lot of freedom, you know, if, we, if I'm not going to kind of go down the rabbit hole, but I do a lot of artwork for licensing. So like, yeah, you know, WWE, they have their own team of artists that works on stuff for the shop. Yep. But a lot of what I do is for lights licensing. So different companies that do different WWE products. Yep. Roosevelt's chalk line, 500 level, uh, Rock'em socks. There's a little more freedom there. And so mm -hmm. like, I actually have the, the chutzpah to, you know, DM these guys and be like, Hey, I need some feedback on this product I'm doing for you. And they'll be honest with me. Yeah. Whereas if the WWE shop did that, I don't know what kind of conversation they'd be having, but, um, okay. yeah, but Finn Bauer is awesome. Uh, Adam Copeland, as we know him now, but yep. time edge. edge. Yep. I collaborated with him. And that was really fun as well. Uh, did a great couple shirt for him and Beth. And Edge was super complimentary, super awesome to work with on that one too. Uh, so yeah, it's just really cool. It's it's really uh, uh, Mercedes Monet. Back when she was Sasha Banks, I did a shirt for her and Naomi. Didn't come out because they ended up leaving. Wait, hold on. Was that the shirt? Was that the um? Was that the one with their faces, or was that a different one? No, there was one that was going to launch two weeks later. That uh, I did. Okay. And yeah, so, uh, okay. And Mercedes actually reached out to me on that one on her own. Uh, yeah. And it was, it was one of those kind of like backdoor deals where sometimes sometimes WWE isn't too hot on wrestlers reaching out to artists without their approval. But they can see that. Yeah. In this instance, Mercedes reached out and she was like, hey, you know, you did some stuff, uh, some fan art of me that I really liked. We were really fun to collaborate on something. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, timing didn't work out on that one, but. There's, there's a whole world of shirts, man, that have been created and designed that have never made it out there into the world. That you that you were a part of as well? That you I think every wrestling artist. Okay. 
I'm sure every wrestling artist he, has a story they can tell you about that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, actually, you know, you're right. I did uh when I did interview um uh extra cooler Nick, he did mention that that you know, obviously he's been, you know, he kind of does the same thing, works with like wrestlers directly and you know, kind of gets like licensed and stuff. And I think he did say there was a few times where he, you know, submitted something and then it you know, it got rejected or it got canceled or something happened with like a, a contract within whatever company and then they, you know, say if it was like a legend or something like that and the legends deal was over and he was in yeah. the middle of, you know, you know, putting something out for for like that company and it just canceled. They got rid of the licensing and you know, that's it. That has to be like a like a is that a like a bummer to you? Does that like kind of you know does that like you know kind of discredit like anything you do or do you just like you know this is an opportunity that i'm missing like now i can just move along and do it how does that affect you when that happens i think it's a good story to tell i i mean that's the most important thing i think it's a really good story to tell because you're building relationships this whole time and i think yeah. i think i think the relationship building is probably the most important part of what i do mm -hmm. um but it just kind of gives you an idea of how many other industries deal with artists where yeah. their stuff doesn't see the light of day. Like think about Marvel uh, concept designers, the guys that like create the, the outfits for the Avengers. True. They, they literally like painstakingly create like 30 different outfits for each character, but only one like sees the light of day. So, yeah. I feel like on that end, I'm getting like the easy. <laughs> yeah, the easy that, that is true. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's a storyline driven business. And the, and the fact of the matter is what the wrestlers and the writers and the producers are working on. The artists might not be privy to any of those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, obviously no one could have predicted Naomi and, and Mercedes leaving in, in the manner they did. Yeah, but but I'm even working on stuff right now that should be coming out like soon that may or may not see the light of day because of the ebb and flow of the storyline. Mm, okay. Wow. That's yeah, how I, I, didn't, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's actually true because, you know, obviously if you are working in the wrestling world, the storylines story change, people move around in different spots. People yeah. might leave the company and go to another company. That might be, yeah, you might, that might be a heel turn. And you're like, yeah. I was just doing a t-shirt for this guy. What the hell? Um, I, I was actually, I want to go back to the Finn Balor thing. Cause that's actually a good kind of like point to pivot to wrestlers that are artists. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't know he was one, but I, I knew like, I knew of like Jerry Lawler. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause he, you know, if he's at signings and stuff like that, he'll do like artwork and, and stuff for people and yeah. Bret Hart too. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I remember just, um, just thinking with, uh, with a uh, reference in extra cooler, he started drawing because of Bret Hart's drawings. He started, he copied how Bret Hart drew like his yeah. cartoons and stuff. How, how did you start? Uh, what was your art style at the beginning? Did you copy anyone or did you have your own type of art style when you started? Uh, so my background is predominantly uh, caricatures. Like I started drawing caricatures and, uh, I, and that, yeah. actually my primary business, how I make my living and pay my mortgage and all that is I own a caricature company out here in uh, Seattle, but that style was very much steeped in animation and comic books. Yep. So like comic books obviously is like very much tangential to wrestling. Yep. 
the larger than life characters with colorful costumes and pageantry, yep. good versus evil, you know, yep, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I drew inspiration from a lot of comic book artists. Uh, if you look at my earlier stuff, when I first started doing wrestling art, like maybe back in 2014, a lot of my stuff was more cartoony, a lot more exaggerated. Okay. Um, but as I started to kind of see what people were more into and what the wrestlers were really gravitating towards, I kind of leaned more towards the comic book style and focused more on that and more on making it dynamic and, and high concept. Awesome. Did you, so when I look at, when I look at your art style, I don't know why for me, it always, it kind of reminds me of like a, this guy, this kind of like a old school reference. Hopefully if, if, if you're listening out there, definitely look him look him up. If you don't, it kind of reminds me of like two people for some reason. I don't know why I see this Jack Kirby. And you know, do you know who Eric Larson is? Yeah, I know. Savage Dragon. Yes, yeah. So, like, your your art style kind of reminds me of those two, like, an amalgam of both of those art styles for some reason. When I see some of your some of your artwork, just like just how the characters like pop, like the I just will... the like the it's like maybe like the uh like the outlines of the characters, just just the way they look. I just I just I don't know. I, I every time I see it, it kind of just reminds me of those two. If they were to like combine their art styles for some reason, that's what it. Um, that's what it looks like to me. That's how I interpret your art anyway. I mean, that's, that's a massive compliment, man. Really <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, it's like those guys were both trailblazers in their own respective ways. Like Jack Kirby defined the entire look of Marvel comics. Yep. And Eric Larson's run on Spider-Man was one of my, oh my favorite God. runs. Oh, of course. Time. Talk like, about I that all day. Back when he was doing it. I was like, I was like, I couldn't wait for the next issue to show up on my doorstep back when they oh, did yeah. stuff like that. Um, no, that's a huge compliment. That's a lot of praise. Uh, I draw a lot of influence from those guys. Uh, Greg Capullo is one. Oh, I, I love him. I, I'm a huge fan of his. I'm actually looking at a piece that I did that was inspired by his work. And um, I, I absolutely love his stuff, too. Jim Lee, obviously. Jim Lee. Yeah, he's, you know, I think I'm a little better drawing faces than Jim Lee, but he's got me beat on everything else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually have... Um... Man, I could. This is this is crazy because I can like I could actually talk comics with somebody now. I actually have a uh, I have his DC art book that he came out with the you know the art of Jim Lee or whatever it's called, um, and it's like the Barnes and Noble Icon Edition. It's based, It's not any of his obviously Marvel stuff. It's all his DC yeah. and his DC stuff. And yeah, you're right, man. As far as like the like the like the bodies and stuff like that, the muscles. Uh, like he's like and it shows like the sketches in there and stuff like that of like. Obviously, like Superman, Batman, all the DC characters, and then like from his um his company, the uh the, with the Wildcats and all that stuff. Yeah, like yeah, his his art style is probably like my favorite art style. But I do love also um I love Todd McFarlane as well. Mm -hmm. He's uh oh man, like I, I could watch him like do his like he does. I'm not sure if he still does them on his Instagram, um because my algorithm's all messed up now. But he used to do like quick like one minute, like I'm gonna draw this for you real quick, and it would yeah. just look like like effortless and it would just look exactly like how it would like on a printed comic. You're like, how the hell does this guy do that? Like, do you have, who's your, who's your like favorite? If you have to pinpoint like a favorite comic artist, who would that be for you? Well, I, I, I can tell you this, like back in the day, I was a huge McFarlane fan. Um, if I were to talk about artists now, I would probably say there's an artist named Ryan Otley. And okay. he did, he did pretty much all of the, the entire run of invincible 
except oh, okay, yes, yep. Issues, and now he's he's he he kind of does uh, amazing Spidey every once in a while. Uh, he had like a really healthy run on there, but uh, that's a guy I look at his stuff and I'm just like floored. It's just yeah, absolutely awesome. stunning and amazing. Uh, so Ryan Otley's a big one. Obviously, I'm still going to stand with Greg Capullo. His run on Batman with Scott Snyder yeah. was, was awesome. Level. That was one of the best runs I've ever read. Um, and then Jim Lee, obviously, you know, I have his whole X-Men run and I love everything he does with DC. Oh, man, there's so many artists right now that I'm really high on. Ed McGinnis was a guy that started on Deadpool back. in. The oh, yeah. Yep, that's right. And then he jumped over to Superman, and now he's doing Avengers. Uh, I love his hyper exaggerated style. He's kind of he's kind of like whittled it down a little bit to be a little bit more basic now. But back in the day, he would just plump everyone up, make them super jacked. Yeah, so he, was, <laughs> he was freaking awesome. Is he like a? Uh, he's yeah. I mean, obviously, he's not like a uh, like a like a Rob Liefeld with the. Uh... Exaggerated, uh, he's an acquired, he's an acquired taste. Uh, right. I, yeah. I, I was, I was a fan of the uh, when he took over, obviously, X Force, well, New Mutants back, back in the early 90s, and then like you know, the X Force and all that stuff. And yeah, I was, I was a fan then, but obviously, you get older and you're like, okay, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. interesting yeah. artwork. You also hear some of these guys talk and you're like, okay, man, you should probably yeah. just focus on drawing. You know? He's like, oh, he's man. like the Ryback of, of comic book artists, you know, he's he might like, be, that's a good actually comparison. <laughs> I didn't even think of that for, uh, yeah, he's the Sean Morley of comic book artists. Yeah, he's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, the, the other thing about that too, is like, he was a part, a part of that whole, that whole crew where they all, obviously they all like walked, got up and left uh, Marvel and created, um, image comics and stuff like that that whole thing yeah. um definitely uh if you haven't I, i'm not sure if it's still on i think it's still on youtube they had the uh it's for free the documentary about it the i'm not sure i don't think yeah i don't think rob is rob Liefeld on it i don't think he's on it no rob think, rob's on it and um and you can so, you can also buy it on apple uh on oh, okay you can buy it because i bought it it was like six bucks okay i don't remember him being on it for some reason but um I remember them just like you know, they were like pop culture, like they were hanging out like freaking like rappers and yeah, like movie stars and <laughs> all that crazy dude. Stuff. They were the NWO of comic book artists, pretty much. Yeah, they were like yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they just got up and uh, kind of shook the game up, and they're still like obviously they you know they changed everything about the comic industry about yeah. like you know being a high paid artist and you know knowing your worth, and they did yeah. prove their worth by you know creating a company and creating like long. I mean, Spawn. Yeah, it's like I mean, and then they got too big, too quick, and then yeah, exactly. Um, the uh, Mark Silvestri, that's another uh, another artist I I really grew up to love because he did the Wolverine comics back yeah, back yeah. in the day, and I just love his art style. I think it was a lot of his art style is kind of similar to to Jim Lee's, but obviously Jim Lee's a little bit more, you know, for me advanced more advanced than Mark Silver Street, but that's obviously in my own opinion. But um, yeah, man, I could talk about comics all day. Um, and you, you actually brought up a good point about the correlation between wrestling and, and comic books and stuff like that. Do you, do you see a, uh, a world where that's going to come back? Cause remember like <clears throat> they had the boom comics. Yeah. Like yeah. WWE was doing comic books and stuff like that. Do you, do you see that coming back again or having any type of like, 
because there's always those like one-off things like WCW did it back in the day. WWF yeah. did it. And Warrior had his own comic at one point. Like, do you see that like as a thing coming back or is that like a, you know, I think, it, I, think it's, I think it's like a, I think that's a part of a bygone era. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I hate to say that because they are so like synergistic, you know, I, I, I try not to use that word too much, but that, that definitely is the word I would use for comics and wrestling. Um, no, I think, I think comic book fans now are very sophisticated and they know what they want. And what I do appreciate about comic books right now is that there's uh there's people out there that are creating wrestling based comics, but they're not steeped in the world of like AEW or WWE. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Like, listen, for me, if I want to get my AEW fix or my WWE fix of those characters, of those wrestlers, I'm just going to watch the show. True. It's on every freaking week. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, that's enough for me. Uh, but if someone's creating something that is unique in its own right, that's based in the world of wrestling with all new and all original characters, I think that is way more enticing to me as a comic book reader than having to read like a a, 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 a giant, you know, one one issue book about the shield, you know? Yeah, true. I watched the shield for four years. Yeah. I don't need to read a whole comic book about it, about stuff that didn't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. So it's like, I think, I think the imagery is powerful and I it's, it's, it blows my mind that some of the artwork that was used for the boom comics was never used for t-shirts or never used for yeah. any, any merch or anything like that, because some of that stuff, I mean, it's better than a lot of the things I've done. And it, it's certainly better than a lot of things I've seen in the stores. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, there, there's so many amazing pieces of art that were created as a byproduct of that series that could have been used for lunch boxes, for the backings of uh, action figures, all this cool yeah. stuff. And it just it was just limited solely to the comic books. Yeah, I, I, I actually love the fact that uh, in the, you know, just a pivot to, you know, the artwork being on like, you know, action figures on a, a Elite 100. Um they had the, the they had the drawings on the back. They had the it was a uh, was it Rob Bartlett I believe was John the John. yeah Ron, yeah yeah, John, yeah. so like they had those on the back and I like instead of having like the pictures on those on figure they should do that they should switch to like yeah. more of, like an animated style on action figures because it's already you're already kind of playing in that world with the action figure what's the what's you know what's the going with the extra step and making you know the whole packaging you know yeah. kind of like action figurey with like the you know, comic art style and that type of stuff. So it helps actually, sell it. It helps sell it way more. It's yeah. like you look at a photo of Drew McIntyre and then you see the action figure. All it makes me think about is how much the action figure doesn't look like Drew McIntyre. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if you have like a cool piece of art that's like a little more, you know, not hyper real, but a little bit more stylized, then the the people can kind of let go of the fact that it doesn't look quite like drew McIntyre and it could be like, Oh hell yeah. This is like, yeah. You know, this is a really cool thing. So like, yeah, the stuff that John did absolutely incredible. The stuff that Mel Coleman's doing for ring of honor. Oh man. That's some limited edition stuff coming out right now. Yeah. yeah. I'm so, I'm so happy that they managed to like bring her on because what she does is very much for that world. And, and now yeah. she, can, she can help contribute to that and make it a reality. Yeah, I've been trying to I've been trying to reach out to her to get her on as well. I want to I want to speak to her because 
her, like everyone, like everyone, there's a lot, I follow a lot of different like artists and stuff like that. And everyone has their own style of art and everyone, yeah. you know, approaches, approaches obviously wrestling because that's the, you know, that's the nucleus of everybody that I follow and everyone has their own interpretation of what that, you know, wrestler or that entity looks like, which is, I think it's fascinating. Like not everybody's the same when it comes to drawing that certain person. Can you imagine like just going back to like the comic book? Imagine like creating like a Seth Rollins comic now, now that he's wearing all these like crazy oh. like gear and all these like suits and stuff like that. Just imagine him as a comic book character. Like a, obviously Dude. they reference him to the Joker, like yeah. having him as a bad guy, like a villain and a comic and having him like every, every you could as an artist, you can like come up with, literally anything like for him to wear you can put your imagination to like its limits if any wrestler deserves their own barbie with <laughs> all of the costume <laughs> options and all that it's seth <laughs> rollins like seriously like that, that i mean i mean and, and it's what an amazing pivot for his character too because he mm. he just went all the way and owned it and i it's the funniest thing about seth rollins is he kind of joked about that you know, at the beginning when he was making the shift to yeah. being like the visionary to what he's doing now, he kind of joked about it like that was a bad thing. And then, and then, like as he like got wilder and wilder and wilder, people just freaking went nuts for it. Yeah, it just goes to show like how cool like getting out of your comfort zone is exactly what wrestling's made for. It's like people will harp on McMahon for making someone do like a comedy, you know, storyline or this, that, or the other thing. But that was his way of getting you to shake off your, your anxiety. Yep. And, and just own the fact that if you're over and you're good at what you do, it doesn't matter what the hell you're doing. You're going to get over and you're going to make it work. Yeah. No, you're right. That actually, that's a good point. Cause I didn't even, you know, a lot of people don't think that way when it comes to, you know, McMahon and, you know, his choice of uh, gimmicks for, for wrestlers and stuff like that. But that's just it. It's, Hey, if you can, if you can make this work and you can, you know, get it over with the fans and that's, that's, that's it. You go out there and present it. And obviously yeah. if it fails, it fails. If if it doesn't, then, you know, you now you have the opportunity to like move on to, you know, to something else, move on to a different type of gimmick or kind of transition into, yeah. into a new thing. So I mean, think about where LA Knight was a year ago, right? Like, yeah, I, I, saw, I saw the little graphic. It said October seventh, twenty twenty two, is when uh, Max Dupree, yeah, <laughs> declared that he was going to be LA Knight again, right? And and it's been a year, and he's over like Rover, like he's freaking yeah. nuts. But it's like, you know, yes, he was placed in that role, and let's be honest, that role probably probably was never going to work out, but um. I think it just goes to show that, you know, if the performer is invested and they're, they're willing to give it the best go they've got. Yeah. They, it, you know, listen, nobody's going to make the red rooster a world champion. Right. But exactly. Like, <laughs> That's true. If, if red rooster can show that he can get over with the crowd and the audience, then maybe he could be transitioned into being like, you know, the red rocket or i mean that's a terrible word I'm yeah sorry, <laughs> the, that's an attitude era guy the red yeah that's definitely an attitude. yeah um, but no, you know what i mean like yeah. they transition them into something else yeah no definitely um the, so let's good i want to kind of pivot to your beginnings with uh with 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 wrestling we'll say so where where was your you know when you when you started art, when you started doing your art, was rest? Did you have wrestling in mind? 
But did you have when you when you were doing your artwork? Was it was it in a different direction? Like you said, you did say you're doing character caricatures and stuff yeah. like that. But was wrestling always like a part of that like journey, or was that something that came along afterwards? Not always. No. Um, when I was younger, so I had a friend. His name was Kenny, and he was a huge Hulk Hogan fan. I think this was when I was like eight or nine. And I remember it was when Earthquake broke Hogan's ribs. Oh, man. And yeah. we all sent letters to the Hulkster and yeah. we all got the postcard back with like the printed on, you know, signature and all that. And that's kind of what got me into the world of wrestling and got me into the stories and everything like that. Um, and in WrestleMania 6, I tell everyone this, but WrestleMania 6 is when I really started to like dive in and, and really get invested in it. Yeah. But, um, but no, my art was never like super wrestling centric. I was still like very much steeped in comic books and all that. Uh, it wasn't until uh, when I started drawing caricatures when I was 19, we had a wall of celebrity demos that we would use to kind of like sell our services to the customers. So yeah. to paint a picture for you, you're at a character stand, you know, you've got these demos of like celebrities behind you. So, you know, you have pop stars, you'll have movie stars. Well, I was the only weirdo that was drawing pro wrestlers and <laughs> and heavy metal bands. Like those are like the two things I did. So like, you know, you'd have like Tupac here, you'd have NSYNC over here, and then all of a sudden you'd have Stone Cold Steve Austin right there. <laughs> and so that started to like, you know, get me get me a little bit more uh into the idea of doing, you know, wrestling as art, but I, I didn't really like dive head first into it until until uh twenty twelve when I started working with Hulk Hogan. Interestingly enough, it was a caricature that I drew of him that he saw that led to him contacting me for that gig. That's what I was, that was, that was actually going to be my next question. You like, how did, how did the, uh, like the, the, with uh, Hulk Hogan, how that all come about, but that's that. So he reached out to you. and was like, Hey, Hey brother. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, that, that maybe that goes to show, like, it doesn't matter what form of art you dive into. Yep. If you, if, if the passion's there and the execution's there, it'll lead to other things. So I did this caricature of Hulk Hogan, you know, doing like, you know, yeah, the pose super exaggerated, like really big, really muscular and beefy. It was like back in 2007. And I guess him and his buddy Ron were doing like a Google search and they were trying to find someone that could kind of match this old NWO shirt that was done. Oh, okay. uh, Cause that was the idea he had for his logo for his beat shop. So anyways, the long and short of it is uh, I get a call from them. Uh, at first, it was his friend, Ron. And I was like, listen, dude, I'm not going to do anything until I hear from the man himself. And then I get the phone call from the Hulkster himself. That's crazy. It, which is absolutely nuts. And it's like you can't, <laughs> you can't fake a voice like that. And and um, so anyways, the long and short of it is, you know, we had a really good conversation. He had some wild ideas he threw at me. Uh, we collaborated. We made some really cool things happen, and a great relationship was forged. And to this day, like we still will, every now and then, you know, trade messages and say hi or whatever. But um, he was an amazing collaborator, and it was really fun working on that stuff. And that helped me gain the confidence, mm -hmm. which is very huge as an artist. When you get that, that's when you can you're, you you can almost be unstoppable when you get to that point. Oh yeah. I can't imagine. I can't even, I can't even imagine, you know, someone just calling me out of the blue and saying like, you know, Hey, could you do this for me? Could you uh, like, 
We could like Roman Reigns gives you a call and says, "Hey, I seen your artwork. You want to uh, you want to yeah, draw some uh, bloodline stuff with me?" <laughs> that, would, that would be absolutely nuts if Roman Reigns called me. Like I would at this point, I'd be like, "Holy shit, it's Roman, <laughs> Roman Reigns." Um, yeah, so so that that kind of like got me a little bit more confident, a little it helped me lean a little bit more towards that world. Like I had already started a business out here doing caricatures and I was actually starting to like do really well with it and gain a lot of traction. And the money part wasn't really something I was that concerned with because I already yeah. had that stability, but there's always that. I think Rocky Balboa said it best in, in the, the movie of the same name. He's like, there's this monster inside of me that won't stop, you know? And so for me, that monster was, I'm such a huge fan. I've been watching this, form of entertainment for decades now. And I want to, I want to find a way to connect with people that are also into it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that just led to like this almost like Pandora's box, especially once Instagram started to pick up steam, you know, I started to like get, get traction with Chris Jericho and then Seamus and then all these other wrestlers. And it got to a point where it was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to start like cold, cold messaging these companies yeah. and just say, Hey, like this is a piece that had this many eyes on it and this many people liked it. Imagine if that was like a jacket. Yeah. Or imagine if that was like a shirt. Like, you know, I've already created the art. It's already done. Yeah. So like, let's try and figure it out and, you know, and, and figure out like a way for me to monetize and make money and you guys to make, can make your money too. So Chalkline really kind of helped me launch off with a series of jackets with the Fanimation jackets. Yeah. Yep. Those are awesome. They were so much fun, man. Like, cause I got to do one for Kane, for Alexa Bliss, for Finn, for Undertaker, Triple H. All this was COVID, man. That's you know? insane. I'm yeah. just sitting, I'm just sitting around. I'm not, I'm not drawing <laughs> out at, out at the, you know, space needle. Cause it's all closed. <laughs> so I'm just sitting in my Dude. house. Just like, yeah, throw it at me. I'll do it. That's crazy, man. That, I can't even, I, I, I can't even like fathom that. Like I asked, um, extra cooler when he was on, I was like, what is, what's it like? Actually, you know, we all do, we all, you know, have podcasts and there's a lot of like, you know, content creators out there but i asked him i was like what is it like to actually have a talent <laughs> that you can actually uh use and actually make money off of like what is what is that like <laughs> That's, yeah. that must be like uh you know you know, like you said it's almost like I, I feel like i have some type of like superpower where i can like you know do anything i wanted to do with uh with that type of i mean i used to draw when i was like younger and stuff like that i never stuck with it but that was always something that i always like wanted to you know be a part of is you know some type of like you know artistry in, in some type of way some type of uh expressive form of things and this is pretty much what i came up with just me uh on my computer talking to people so that's uh that <laughs> and hey, talking wrestle with uh with a bunch with uh with different people but um but yeah i think uh i think you know the the other part of that too is i kind of want to pivot to this is like social media the community like the artists the artist community like how do how does how does that work is it like is there is it like is it is it friendly is it like cutthroat is it you know is it is it uh you know do you have like other artist friends on social media and stuff like that because i spoke yes. to um uh, who was it figure kingdom who's a art um not artist he's a, a, a figure photographer you know and he said when he started like it was like you know 
there's a, it was a, you know, he had some, some other, you know, figure photographers that were like, you know, they all helped each other out and promote each other. But then there was others that were like, you know, trying to undercut or, you know, right. trying to like, you know, put, you know, put people under, you know, throw people under the bus, all that type of thing. So like, how is that? Is that the same thing with artists? Or do you guys kind of like, do you, do you have like other artist friends on social media that you reach out to that you kind of like promote, help out? Is it, is it yeah. the same way? Okay. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because I'll, I'll get I'll get into like the pricing and stuff a little bit later. But there's a really healthy art community on Instagram and Twitter, yep. and I have been very lucky and very fortunate to meet and establish connections with a lot of these people. And as you get to know everyone, and as you get to see their work, and you get to see the things that they've done. Uh, part of the responsibility that we all kind of take on once we kind of get into the professional realm is we, we trade stories. Okay. We talk about experiences, but most important of all, we try to relay to one another ways to avoid the negative experiences Mm. and ways to coach each other to be, I'm not going to say the words professional because that's not the right word. The, The word is to, um, to carry yourself in a manner that would elicit more business. Okay. And so there are artists that do their own thing and that's fine. And they might talk whatever smack they want about other artists. Those guys are never the ones that are doing like the really cool high profile stuff. You know, nobody, nobody wants someone talking smack about other artists. You know, it's just not same, same in the wrestling world, you know? Um, but yes, we have a great community. It's very tight knit. I actually have used several wrestling artists that I've met online for shirts. Um, okay. Juan Ortiz of the Dead. Mm. Uh, I brought him on to work on an Undertaker shirt for Roosevelt's during Mania. His one dream was to do an Undertaker shirt. <laughs> That's awesome. So like I was given I was given the task of art directing a WrestleMania series for Roosevelt's and John Bartlett was someone that I always wanted to collaborate with and I'm so happy I did and Roosevelt's is very happy I did as well because now he's doing stuff for them like Star Wars stuff and and he's still doing WWE stuff for them but Juan was one of those guys where you know he's got a very fringe very punk rock kind of style yeah. he's worked with everyone under the sun on the independents but that that uh that one white whale was always the undertaker for him yeah so getting him on board on an undertaker shirt was very gratifying because he got to realize his dream he created a badass shirt that i wear like once a week (laughs) but the my proudest moment is a collaboration we did for scott hall after he passed away uh roosevelt's did a tribute shirt where oh yeah i've seen that yep yeah so essentially roosevelt said hey listen you're 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 tight in this community uh can you find you know 18 artists like here's our budget uh can you find 18 artists each depicting scott hall in a different point in his career all their vision 100 we're not going to edit it we're not going to we're not going to tweak anything and so uh might have been two years ago i started an instagram group called the wrestling artist collective where we all got together and traded stories and all that it's during covid you know it's just yeah. great to connect with everybody but i used that as a forum to bring in people to work on the scott hall shirt 
So if you look at the Scott Hall shirt, it's littered with different interpretations of him by that's 18 awesome. different artists. And it's incredible. So yeah, that's how we help each other out. You know, it's like, and also if a wrestler wants something specific that artist A can't do, okay. they'll say, well, hey, I know someone that that's their wheelhouse. That's what they're into. Uh, yeah. I get it. Think about me for your next shirt, but how about for this shirt, I forge you over to this person and then they can they can work on it for you. Yeah, that's awesome because yeah, like I said, I just uh just you know, like I said, just talking to like Figure Kingdom and you know, his like you know, him saying like it was like you know, there are there are photographers out there that help each other out, and then there's ones that don't, and they're like, yeah. you know, they do other th- they you know, they do their own thing or they just you know don't try to promote. And uh <clears throat> one of the things I loved about you know about uh you know Chick Foley and stuff like that when I first started you know following way back in the day, um, and then understanding her story later on, like her her idea was to you know to once she got like you know if she she got big she was gonna start you know promoting you know people that she followed or people that she's seen on social media because back in those back in like the early like 2010s there wasn't 20 I think it was like around 2013 2014 there weren't many like really wrestling dedicated like pages on Instagram obviously right. you had like the w like the actual companies and stuff like that but as far as like you know the community doing it, there wasn't really anything. You had like, I think you had, you had Chick Foley, you had uh wrestling classic. Um, I think there was a few others at the time, but uh, they would all promote each other. They would all help each other out. Like I think uh, uh, I, when I talked to uh, uh, Justin about it on, uh, on, on his episode, he's, you know, he said, Sheena, you know, bought one of my shirts, my the wrestling classic shirts. And, you know, she wore it on her Instagram account and, you know, promoted me. And I was like, and that me, that's how I found his page through her. Cause I was yeah. following her and I seen that I was like, Oh, what's the wrestling classic? And I clicked on it. started following. Her. I was like, Oh my God, this guy's amazing. So like, that's what they did at the beginning. They all pr- started promoting each other. And, and um, when I talked at the beginning with the, at the pod foundation, that's pretty much what, you know, she wanted to do was like, you know, find like, you know, people that they listen to other podcasts and see if they wanted to like, you know, try to like help each other out, help promote each other, help, yeah. you know, you know cro- do cross shows or whatever. Like, and it ended up me, like I said, me being on like the Turnbuckle Tavern, being on their feed now. I'm like a part of one of their shows. Obviously, my loyalty is with you know Sheena and, <laughs> and the Chick Foley show, but it allowed me to you know you know be on there, be a few of their shows, and they're like, hey, you want to be on you know our WWE show because they're they're more indie AEW oriented with their a lot of their shows, so they yeah. want to do like a WWE centric show. So they're like, hey, we're gonna put you and so and so together, and you know. And that was like that type of like uh, community stuff, and just doing this show in particular, and just being you know reaching out to people, um, in, in a, you know making those connections and stuff like that. I've met, I've met a ton of you know awesome people through just doing this show, you included. I mean, I followed you forever, but it's just like though, right, like it's yeah, a big thing. it's amazing. Like I mean, I would you know it's 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 great when um you're able to see other people like you know flourish. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, it, it, like it, it, say you're 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 doing this interview now, and then like you know, tomorrow it's like you know, you know, no one signed with you know WWE is an exclusive <laughs> artist. I'm like, holy crap, that's crazy! I just had him on my show. I had uh, too know. much fun as a free yeah. agent. Man. I know. I know. <laughs> would you would I, you consider doing that? Like, would you consider no, like never signing a contract, nothing like that, like being exclusive to. Uh, like no. a, like a brand or a company? No, not at all, not at all. I've I've got I've got a company. I've got my own okay. company, 
and and we're doing great and i'm very happy with it this for me is fun and if it became my full-time job i don't necessarily know how much fun that would be yeah that's true to to those that are grinding it out and that's what they're doing full-time more power to you but for me this is all the icing on the cake you know what i mean like i've got I've got everything I could ever want as, as a human. I've got a a beautiful family. I've got financial stability. I've got a company I'm very proud of. I've got artists under me that I'm incredibly proud of, but, but to be able to kind of jump into this world and, and just have fun and, and play around. I'm I'm like, that's that, that's where the magic is for me. And I, I think if, if it was something where, they would bring me in full time and I had to do it year round and I'd have to deal with all these different concepts. It just wouldn't, I just don't think it would be for me. So hmm. yeah, I, and I love working with the licensees too, because you have so much more freedom yeah, when you're working with, with all these, other, like for example, Roosevelt's, I know I've mentioned them a few times. Yeah. They do amazing pattern shirts. They're, yeah. They're high awesome. quality, but they ask me what I want to do. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they're like, okay, SummerSlam's up. What do you want to do? And I'll say, I haven't done a Bret Hart shirt. Can mm, I do a Bret Hart it. shirt? And they'll say, yeah. I'm like, great. <laughs> but like WWE, they're never going to ask me what I want to do. They're going to just say, okay, well, here's the lineup. Here's what we got going on. This is what we want. You have to do it this style, this yeah. way. Have it to us in two weeks, and then go from there. And that that's not that's not how I like to operate. Yeah. See, actually, that makes sense. Because I like, um, you know, I like collaborating with like, you know, different, you know, artists and stuff like that on stuff like, you know, just because extra cooler. Nick is a part of our group. Like he did. A, he pretty much did all of our logos. Um, not not these ones here. The Pod Foundation logo he did. But like, he's a great like he he does great logos and stuff like that. So like oh, yeah. being able to work with him and like, you know, message him back and forth, like, you know, send him an idea like, hey, I have an idea for this. How, how can you work this? And he'll like, you know, send me a sample and I'll be like, yeah, can we change this up? And just like having that, like, you know, ability to just like be able to interact with someone like that and, and have them actually be able to put your ideas to, you know, to paper or screen, if you want to use that, like, that's insane. Like just, you know, if we were to collaborate, if I was like, you know, message you one day, Hey, I'm thinking of, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, I, I, a character of myself, but like, you know, I want to like, I want to look like a superhero. I want to like something like that. And yeah. just going back and forth and being able to, you know, be able to speak to you and actually try to put my ideas into, into play. And then you come back with something and that's like exciting. Yeah. Exciting beyond, beyond my imagination. Like that, that's exciting to me. Like just, yeah. just knowing that, like I had that like input into it. Like if yeah. you see a lot of the logos, like I said, it's pretty much me working with him creating a lot of pretty much all the the chick foley show logos like all the different variations of it they we ended up um uh going with chalkline they end up making us um shorts uh we ended up taking all those logos and putting them like doing like a short pattern thing mm-hmm. so we actually have chalkline short they're not for sale but we all have our own uh things with all the logos on it and i'm like i'm like holy crap all these logos I actually, you know, I was a part of these. I like yeah, you had a part of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I helped. and it's, it's it's crazy just to like see something like that. Like and like you said with uh, the collective that you have with all the artists, you know, bringing them on, and they get the same feel. They go, "Oh my god, I worked he I worked on this. This is this is crazy." Yeah. Is there any is there anything out there that um, 
that you've worked on that's that like that you actually see and you're like holy holy crap this this is actually you know besides like the the shirts and stuff we talk well, well this one in particular but yeah. is there other other pieces of art besides it doesn't have to be wrestling it could be a- anything else uh, mo- most of the stuff i have out in the wild is wrestling stuff like i remember i went to SummerSlam in vegas uh it was when cena and reigns were main eventing Okay. And I show up and I, I'm start I'm starting to like see things that I that I worked on, like mm-hmm. just fans wearing them. And let me be let me be real with you, dude. The moment you go up to someone and you're like, hey man, I designed that, they're gonna be Yeah, like, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> okay, yeah. buddy. So now now I just I just like enjoy the moment, you know. I might snap a photo or whatever and just be like, hey, that that's a cool thing. But no, I was at SummerSlam in Vegas and I saw a few people wearing my Austin Rock WrestleMania 17 Roosevelt's Ooh, design. A sick one. Uh, I saw uh, an NWO reunion shirt I worked on for Hogan back in like 2019. Um, and then I saw a Macho Man shirt I did. And I was just like, oh, this is really cool. Like, it, it just feels <laughs> good. Because, you know, the, the one thing that goes through your brain when you design this stuff is, okay, who's going to wear this? You know what I mean? Yeah like are people actually going to buy this you know so like yeah you'll see it up on the shop you'll see it online you'll see them hype it up and promote it but it's never really real to you as a designer or an artist until you actually see people wearing it yeah and so that was when it really hit me for the first time and then you know i've been to shows since then where i've seen like my work or i've seen my buddy hal's work or yeah my friend angie's work on a shirt or even like something mel did like when i was at wrestle when i was at wrestle dream last week you know, Mel did this Last Supper spread. Yes, you know that's an awesome piece, man. That's that's it, it was incredible. Like she put so much work and love into it, and and to see that and to see the way it's being implemented, that was that was like really thrilling for me. You know, I can't I can only imagine what she feels like when she's there, and she gets to see it, or if someone is messaging her saying like like I took a photo and I was like, you know, there's there yeah, it is. That's, you know? that's crazy. But that that's that's the thrill for what we do. It's like it's one thing to work with a wrestler, it's one thing to meet a wrestler and collaborate with them, but to know that the fan base is actually embracing it and that they're yeah. into it and that they're wearing like a cool piece of clothing, like to me that's where the thrill is. Yeah. And I it, 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 I I'm one of those people that I, I have no like problem with wearing things like I don't have to be at a wrestling event to wear like my, you know, my wrestling shirts or anything like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I just go right to the, you know, I'll go anywhere with wearing this. Cause this is, this is a, it's, it's like, it's a conversation starter too. Well, that's a dope for, sweater, man. You should for, wear that everywhere. No, I do. I do wear it. <laughs> I do. I wear it a lot. <laughs> uh, no, but the other thing too, is like a lot of people like, you know, if, if they weren't, if they're not watching wrestling now, like a lot of people watch, you know, attitude era wrestling. So they see yeah. something like this, they get a double take. It's the same thing when they, you know, an NWO shirt's like, you know, out in the wild or Austin 316 shirt. Like, people are going to look and be like, you know, they're going to acknowledge it. Like, something like this, you you see something like this, it's just, this is a badass design. Like, they, I mean, it was a badass crew anyway. We talked about that. But they never never made a lot of shirts for the nation in the first place. Like, that's another, yeah. The nation deserves their time in the sun. You know, it kind of sucks that everyone's in different companies right now because they can't, they can't necessarily do that at the moment. But, yeah. But that's that's the beauty of bootlegs, baby. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, I'm waiting for the day when they are. Uh, I mean, hopefully, you know, they have to be at some point in the uh, in the WWE Hall of Fame. Like, just oh, yeah, see all those sure. guys together on stage and 
you know, share their stories and stuff like that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, what are your what are your uh interests besides you know artwork, wrestling? Are, are, do you do you, are you you know infatuated with anything else besides um those two things? Yeah, yeah I've got tons of interests. Like uh you know, I I love hiking. I live in Seattle, so we're really close to a lot of beautiful, you know, nature nature hikes. Uh, I like to take my kayak out. I got a kayak that I'll take out every now and then and just kind of, you know, unplug and, and float around and do stuff like that with my daughter. Um, I like working out. I like running. Those are all things that I really enjoy. I'm a huge beer fan. I've got hops tattooed on my elbow. So that's, <laughs> that's Nick and I, speaking of Nick, you know, extra cooler. Yep. Um, you know, he's a huge beer guy too. So yes, really, he is <laughs> really about that stuff. But yeah, um, for me, it's mostly art, my business. And then, uh, you know, just keeping, keeping the, the dream alive with the family and all that. So. Yeah, that's all. That's is there. Are you into like uh like any sports stuff like that? Yeah, I, you know I, I like football. Like I'm a football fan. Like my Bengals finally took away took home a win today against the Cardinals, so I'm really nice. happy about that. Uh, Seahawks have been doing great. I've been really happy with their performance this past uh, few games. Um, it's gonna be really tough next week when they when they face off against my boys in Cincinnati. Yep, but, uh, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Uh, so I, I love, I love football. Uh, baseball is always fun. Um, yeah, I got into hockey recently. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, segue, uh, we have a great team out here called the Kraken and, uh, NHL contacted me eight months ago. I want to say to work on a piece for their socials. And I'd never really, I've never really done like hockey art. Like I've done, I've done like football art uh, through a sock company called Rock'em Socks. I've done basketball art. Basketball art is the one thing I'm like super excited about. Cause I don't have to draw crazy helmets on everybody. Yeah. Like, <laughs> expressions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but hockey art, man, it's, it's a different story because um, the main question I had for NHL was, Hey, can I draw these guys without their helmets on? Mm. You know, I want to be able to show personality and show, you know, all that. So I've I've done two pieces for NHL so far. The second one is coming out in the next couple of days on their socials. That's awesome. So, so keep your eyes out. But yeah, uh, sports art is another thing I like to dabble in every now and then. How does that? How does that? Like, how does that? Like, happen? Do they? They? You said they just reached out to you. They just seem like. Do they? Do they know of like? Do they know of your artist artist work in? In sports and stuff like that, or is I'll spell it out for you, man. R A S S L I N. That's how they found me. <laughs> that's 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 crazy. That like, you know, we the a lot of the things that we you know I talk about on these shows and stuff like that. You know, obviously wrestling being one of them. That's kind of like the 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 ground or the blueprint um, or the base of a lot of these you know conversations I like to have with everybody. But like, it's just crazy to think that like you don't think wrestling. Is like you know, with us, if you're being a wrestling fan, you think it's like the biggest thing in the world. Nothing tops it. I mean, because we look at the WWE, they're you know billion dollar company, they're global and all that stuff. But like, you don't think to think that like outside of that, people are seeing those types of things and saying, "Hey, we want to be a part of that," or "We oh, that looks cool. 
we we should maybe should uh, bring that into our our realm. Like that's there's fans that's like, everywhere. Like they're it's, everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean it, it's sports entertainment. So a lot of these people see what's done in the wrestling world, and I'm not saying they want to piggyback off of it, but they see that and they're like, oh, this guy can draw muscles. He's perfect for the yeah. NFL. You know what I mean? So like. I started doing these socks for Rockham where they just licensed a few of my WWE pieces. And then they came to me one day and they're just like, Hey man, uh, it's COVID. You want to make some money? And I'm like, yeah, what do you got for me? And they're like, uh, we got about 90 athletes. We want you to draw. So I'm like, cool. All right, let's do this. So I started tackling, uh, NFL players, uh, intertwined with that tops reached out to me and I did some enough or some, uh, some, uh, MLB stuff for tops for their awesome. digital platform. And then I started doing NBA for Rock'em socks. And then through that, I started to forge a relationship with my partners at big shots doing UFC dolls, like the pillows. The oh, pillow I see that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's That's like, great. it's all just this amazing circle of, of stuff and, and wrestling kind of gets you there and who knows, man, there might be guys that start off doing NFL stuff where, where they see their stuff and, you know, people in the wrestling world are like, Hey, let's bring them in and yeah, this world. But um, for me, it's been really cool to see how guys like at the NHL, they will use a piece of wrestling art. I did as reference for what they want for this NHL piece. That's awesome. That's I'm like good. I'm like, that's dope. That's awesome. Like, that's really cool how all that stuff ha happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's crazy. That's uh, that's that's just crazy to think like the uh, just see like the impact that like like I said, we kind of like as wrestling fans, we kind of live in a bubble and we're like, you know, we have our own thing. But it's crazy to think of like the 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 amount of like you know impact it has on the outside of uh, uh on the outside of you know wrestling stuff like that in, in sports and obviously you know this athletes that are wrestling fans and all that type of all that type of stuff. You see it all the time. You, you'll see athletes show up at, you know, wrestling shows and things like that. So it's not far fetched. It's just, it's just to think the executives are like the people that like the owners of like NHL and, and the NBA and stuff like that. Like those people are like looking at, you know, wrestling and going, Hey, how can we do this? And I, I always credit uh, Vince McMahon for starting the, you know, streaming boom as far as like, you know, taking your own library and making yeah. an app out of it. And cause like, WWE Network happens. Then shortly after that, like, you know, HBO wanted to do it. Like, you know, all these like movies companies started doing like, hey, maybe we should do an app and, you know, stream yeah. our own library. So like it it, it does kind of make sense. We're, there we're, all broke. we're all broke now. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Right. <laughs> that's that's very true. Thanks, Vince. Thanks for uh, just starting <laughs> the uh, streaming boom for us. Were there were there any um, did you you work with like obviously individual like wrestlers and stuff like that? Were there any. Did you get to work with any athletes or anything like that with, with some of these things? No, or no, was it more you know, straightforward? Athletes are such a different machine because, you know, if you do, if you work with wrestlers under the WWE banner, a lot of the, the, the upper echelon wrestlers have their own managers, like they yeah, have to right. manage their business for them. But, but with a company like uh, the NFL, every single athlete's got a manager. Mm -hmm. And, and these are like super high level guys and there's a lot of oversight, you know, so I've never dealt with an athlete directly. Uh, no, no wrestlers are a different story. They're performers, man. They, when, yeah. when they, when they, you know, 
case in point, like, let me just use Joe Burrow, you know, it doesn't matter what you put out as long as it's got his face and says Joe Burrow, it's going to make millions of dollars. Yeah. With an athlete like Finn or Edge or, um, I don't know, even like Mercedes, you know, they want to have direction into what you're creating for them because that is that's integrated into their character. They want to be representative of their character. You know what I mean? So um, it's a much different thing, man, with performers versus actual athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a completely different ball game, man. I would, I would, I would, I'm surprised that like you don't get a lot of. Do you get any like MMA guys? They're like, do I mean, you or anything or UFC or. Well, I've done a ton of stuff for UFC. Like I, I've done a ton of like you know we like big shots for example. We have we have the UFC license, so we've created I want to say close to forty different fighters for the UFC. Uh, But those guys have much different back end deals than wrestlers do and that athletes do. Um, They want you to sell as many of these dolls as possible, so it raises their value in the eyes of the UFC management. Okay. Um, so, but no, I haven't gotten a lot of feedback or anything like that. Like Conor McGregor is really high on our stuff. He really likes what we do. Okay. Um, and there's a few fighters that I met at the most recent UFC uh, expo in uh, Vegas that were really, really stoked on what we were doing. But no, it's it. UFC is a much different thing than WWE. They're you know I know they're the same company now, but it's much super different. Yeah, I would have thought they would have had more, uh, like, the, the fighters themselves are, like, more, not freelance or anything like that, more like, more free to do, like, their own. Not like, anymore. Uh, okay. they, they, they used to be, yeah. Oh, uh, all right, okay. Yeah, I, I've had conversations with friends about that, because they're they were talking about how they used to have, like, endorsements on their, their shorts and stuff like that, but UFC put a stop to that and once they had their own. Like you know, fighting gear and all that. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot they did. Yeah. They did that, and obviously now it's going to be a lot harder with the uh, with the merger <laughs> that yeah. happened. Uh, yeah, they have a lot. They have a lot of say in like uh, pretty much everything with UFC. They're they're very much you know hands on. That's crazy. Do you see? Do you see any? Um, do you see yourself working for like not working? Sorry, like working with like TKO, not like WWE, but like. Has that has that like crossed your mind at all? That like at some point when you're doing these like licensing things, mm-hmm. it might be you know not a WWE specific thing. It might just be you know TKO because he had on uh, um, Nick Khan did an interview recently saying like they might do like a TKO weekend where it's like you know a UFC oh, yeah. event a Saturday night and then Sunday night a WWE pay per view and like you'll you. You might get a call, like you said, with like re- results might call you and say, Hey, the TKO weekend's coming up. What do you have? What do you have for uh for you know UFC whatever and oh you know WWE that like I get that all the time. Like like they so to give you an idea of what the world of a freelance artist is like working for licensees. Every shirt I design for SummerSlam, for example, I'm doing during WrestleMania. Like that's how okay, far in wow. advance they want you to do things for them to like get the product ready to go. Wow. So, that's crazy. so case in point, anything WrestleMania related, I'm working on like around survivor series time. So there's a lot of lead time for stuff like that. 
there's been a couple times. It's usually from WWE corporate where I'll have to do something kind of last minute, like make like a last minute change or adjustment to something that they want to roll out like pretty quickly. Yeah. But um, dude, if TKO wanted to do like a bonkers like four day weekend, yeah, they don't even have to ask me. I'll just show up. I that that sounds like the most, I I went to my first UFC fight in Vegas a few months ago. I yeah. have never I have never had that much fun in my entire life. Like wrestling is so great and is such an experience, but going to a live UFC fight, oh, freaking nuts! Imagine. It's absolutely nuts, man. How many like celebrities have you seen? When you did you like did you run bump into anybody? Did you see any any uh? Celebrities out there when you at that UFC event? Well, I can't. You can't really bump in anyone there because there's so much security. <laughs> that that is true. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> um, we were we were lucky enough to get some really good seats through uh, Ghost Ninja. He's a streamer that does um, he does video gaming on on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so Ghost Ninja had some sort of like partnership deal with UFC, and he got a bunch of really cool seats. So we got this great this this great area where, you know, we had the most perfect view of the octagon and behind me was Rob. He's a guy from, he does, he does like the, there's like a putt putt show on NBC or ABC. Oh, oh what was that called? Oh, I put this holy, name. holy moly or something like that. Um, he was also on the daily show. Uh, Rob something. And then uh, Guy Fieri was like four rows in front of us. And that guy was the shiniest man I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I, he, I don't know what moisturizer he uses. I don't know if he was like eating his <laughs> product, but he was so shiny. But uh, And then all the UFC fighters were out there promoting because it's during fight week. So, uh, you know, you've, you've got all these elite fighters kind of sitting like you know a few rows away watching all the action so that was really cool to see too that's insane did you uh have you ever have you ever gotten have you would you ever work in like the like movie realm like doing like um like artwork for like you know not movie i shouldn't say just like entertainment in general just like you know movies tv that type of stuff has has that ever come up or is that you know have you ever thought of doing Oh, I totally open to it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I love movies. I mean, if you you can't love wrestling and not love movies and TV, there are like same as comic books. It's all very you know tangential. So, uh, I love movies. I love I love sci-fi. I love action. I've drawn multiple caricatures of my favorite you know uh, celebrities doing this, that, and the other thing. Uh, that would be a dream come true, absolutely. Especially if, if it were animation. Like, oh if I yeah. Could have- and in the design of something like you just watch like across the spider verse and it's just like oh my god like yeah the things they created for that and the vision the vision that they had it's absolutely nuts yeah all the different art styles within that movie too like it, it's not yeah. all the same artwork like it's all different like it's it's insane that just see just the amount of artists that that they had on that movie is it's ridiculous. Like every Spider-Man is a different a type of art. Style. Every yeah, yeah. It, like computer from computer animation to like a real person. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. that's how they pretty much did it. Like the the craziest thing on that movie to me was the when um, Gwen fights the um, the Renaissance. 
Oh, the uh, vulture? vulture? Like yeah. it was it was drawn in Renaissance. Like the the yeah. art style was running. Like it that that's that's like that's crazy. That's like hard to fathom that you can actually see a movie nowadays where they can actually incorporate a different art style to interact with, you know, some other type of art style. Cause you would think like everything has to be the same. That, yeah. I mean, when it comes to art or on a movie anyway, or like in an animated movie, everything looks the same. You wouldn't think that each, like her world is different from, you know, miles, like his, his world's yeah. more like vibrant. Her, her world looks more like, like almost okay. like a painting. Yeah. Like it's all like, it's, it, yeah, it's pretty, it, it's insane. Like that, that aspect of it. Would you, can, would you ever be a part of that process? <laughs> Do you think you could like be a part of like a movie, like an animated movie process, like hand drawn like that? Like how would, would you? I mean, I could you... certainly be a part of it. I, I, it's a matter of like the workflow for something like that's pretty intense. You know, you have to spend a lot of man hours to make that stuff happen. And it's very collaborative. So you got to work with a ton of different people. Um, I actually studied animation in college. So I studied 2D animation at the Savannah College of Art and Design. Nice. So the animation aspect, that's something I could definitely, you know, ebb and flow with and and make work. But man, you know, you're asking a lot of interesting questions and it, it gives me an opportunity to kind of expand upon the world of the working artists and, and what our expectations are and stuff like that for for a lot of people that have studied animation their entire lives, working on a Spider-Man film like that is a dream come true. Yeah. But they're also mentally and physically prepared to work like 70, 80 hour work weeks. Yeah. That's to, right. to, to get, get there. And I'm dude, I'm 42, man. I'm, <laughs> you know, those, those years are behind me. Like I, I work hard and I play hard, but you can't convince me to do any job where I have to work more than 40 hours a week. You know, it's just not, it's not where my headspace is anymore. Yeah. But yeah, from a creative standpoint, dude, just to be in a room with those guys and just to bounce ideas and sketches and like all these different concepts, man. Yeah. That's like being a kid in the candy store. Yeah. I was watching a uh, uh, Toy Story. Was it the Toy Story movie? Or was it, it was actually, it was Lightyear. The, mm -hmm. uh, the one that, that came out during like kind of like the pandemic. Yeah. And, uh, they, they had like the documentary on, disney plus and like just like you were talking like you know a lot of that movie was done during the pandemic so a lot of those people were remote and yeah. that must have been hard like not being able to like you said bounce ideas off of each other like you're sitting in your room doing the animation yeah and now you gotta have like a web like a, a web call with someone and say hey i just did this and how, how would you share like that must have been like the hardest thing to do like to create a movie like that and not be able to interact with another artist to like feed off of you know what they were working on i couldn't I couldn't even imagine, but just seeing that, like just seeing that process in general um, and how that, the, like just the animation, the ideas that go into it um, and, and the ideas that these, you know, these artists come up with, I think it's, you know, it's, it's amazing to, to me to see that type of stuff. I'm, it's, I'm very interested in that, like that type of process when it comes to like creation, um, yeah. especially with art. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that it's like, it's not that it's primitive. It's it's just art's been around since the beginning of time. <laughs> so it's like you know, start like cave like cave drawings on the wall. That's where it started. Communication, and now it's, yeah. Yeah. communication. and to this yeah. day, it still is communication. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's and that's the most powerful thing about art. You know, it's it's not necessarily the process. It's not necessarily how the 
finished product ends up looking, it's what, what does that communicate to the viewer? Like, yeah. What do they get from it? Like, what do they, you know, that's why I said earlier when I see someone embracing it and I see them wearing it, or I see them commenting on it, or I see that they're really into it. I'm like, okay, that's the communicative aspect of what I'm doing. And if you create a piece and you're not necessarily communicating to someone, then it's not necessarily a successful piece. You know what I yeah. mean? So, yeah. and that can, that blame can be placed on the artist, can be placed on the wrestler, you know, because they're the ones that are putting that idea out there. And there are tons of wrestling shirts that have flopped. Yeah. That's why you got to thank goodness for re- pro wrestling tees because they're, they print on demand. So they'll, they'll just put it all out there. And if people want to buy it, cool. And if they don't want to buy it, well, then that's that. I yeah. mean, think about how many shirts Kenny Omega's had that he hasn't sold. You know what I mean? True. That is There's very lots true. of designs out. So it's just like, um, so it, it really does fall on the artist in some instances to communicate those ideas in a manner that will really get the fans excited. And that's, yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, I almost uh, actually almost wore my uh, the the Bad News Brown shirt because uh, I love that shirt. The uh, I, that shirt I got the too. T-shirt uh, of it. I'm not sure if they did any other variation of it, like a sweater or anything like that. But I got the T-shirt. I love. I just love it because it's like he looks like a like almost like a like a comic book. Like he almost looks like a superhero. He has like flames yeah, on man. his hands and stuff like that. He's it's a like, cowboy's flame. It's 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 amazing. I was just like, oh man, it has a, the uh, the lettering is like. You know, obviously there it's the like a variation of the SummerSlam uh logo and stuff like that. So that's just like that type of stuff right there. Like like I said, I wear that shirt all the time too. I like I love that shirt. Well that I idea mean, was all Matt. That idea was Matt. Like Matt Matt came up with it and then I, I put it there and then we you know we just kind of jumped off, you know, and and communicated what we wanted and that's that's why you should be excited when you get to have input on these logos with yeah. men is yep. because, you know, sometimes us artists, we really do thrive off of direction. Yep. You know, because there are times when we're really creative on our on our own merits, but then there are times where we're working on something and we're we're basically the tool. You know, we are there to implement the the ideas. Yeah. So in, in the case in the case of the nation shirt matches said make something badass with the nation and i'm like hell yeah you got, i got that covered and then with with um you know bad news he was just like this is my idea can you make that happen and then he gave me direction on it and that ended up becoming something really cool that's sick i thought they were gonna do a i'm not sure if they did one but i remember there was like one with slick um but i don't think it was Andy. i remember I that was- I, I didn't do that one that was um uh redneck kung fu Oh man, that's that was a sick one, man. I, I like the fact that they do, sh- they do like like you like we talked about this earlier. I like I like the shirts. I like you wouldn't necessarily the, the well the people you would necessarily see with merch at yeah. all, like Bad News yeah. Brown, like Nation of Domination. Like said, they they didn't really have anything slick. Didn't have yeah. a t shirt. Like is there any? I mean, obviously, I mean, if there's if this is a secret, you can't say anything. Uh that's that's fine. But like, are there any other like? Are there any other pieces that they've reached out to you that you know that that are going to be coming out or any any other? Because I might, I mean, I might actually just reach out to you and just have you do one for me. I have, <laughs> I have a uh, my my uh, a sentimental because I talked about this this gentleman earlier, junkyard dog. So yeah, my uh, father, um, 
huge fan. My father's from this. He's born in Mississippi, grew up in Arkansas, southern, southern, southern guy. Um, Pat, I mean, he passed away in ten years. Actually, no, it's going to be thirteen years ago. But his favorite, his favorite wrestler. Um, I grew up watching mid, you know, mid South wrestling because that's he's from the South. So that's what I started watching wrestling, like Butch Reed and Dusty Rhodes. Um, yeah. You know, watching the Von Erichs and all that stuff. So like, I I watched Southern wrestling when I was little, and then I worked over to WWF at the time. But I I was I mean I was enamored with 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 Junkyard Dog back then, and uh and he he he's one of those one of those guys that I always wanted to see like on a t shirt. I know they they they, they do some merch sometimes like WWE roll like a legend shirt that yeah. type of thing. But I want like a not like a picture of him like an actual picture. I'd rather see him like in like the like the uh, um, bad news brown type of like deal, like just like a badass, like I don't know. I did, like, I did a chain. JYD, I did a oh, JYD did? for them, yeah, yeah, I did. I don't know, I don't know what they ended up doing with it, but I do know Matt, Matt has a JYD piece I did for him. Uh, Man. they might, I mean, you know, the thing is, it's tricky because like when you deal with deceased wrestlers, you have to, you have to deal with the estate, and yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not saying you have to deal with the estate. Like you, you have to like you know you have to, even if it's like a bootleg or something that you're doing for the fans, you, you gotta yeah. you gotta be respectful to um to the estate. So I don't know. I don't know what ended up happening with that. I did a uh, I did a Sasha uh, Bianca shirt uh, for WrestleMania 36 that they put out. I remember that. I didn't get that one though. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that though. That was awesome. That was a lot of that was a, like a lot of like hey keep it on the DL kind of stuff you know like yeah me, yeah the way I consider it it's like work for hire so like they hire me yeah. to do a drawing and if they're the ones selling it then that's on them you know that they, yeah that that's the thing that they deal with but um but I did a I did that one and then I did a JYD and then after that um I ended up getting busy uh, they did a really cool Chris Bay one not too long ago too. i see that yeah i see that one in his hands yeah that was, that's that an was awesome that was cool. an awesome one yeah i don't i don't know how heavy they're getting into merch right now i mean speaking as someone that's gotten a few cease and desists in his time yeah <laughs> i know yeah i remember when i got this was it this one yeah i think i got this shirt this one yeah they actually they they said well they had like a little postcard with the uh Printed. Yeah. I still have it. I, I have it, and on the, I think on the flip side of it is the um the Sasha Banks, uh, uh Bianca Belair. Oh, I love it. You did. So I, I have it. So I, I kept it. I was like, this is awesome. I didn't, I didn't get the merch. Badge of honor, right there, man. You should hang no, it's, fridge. I like it. I like it because, like, you know, I'm glad they don't do like a lot of merch because it's like exclusive. It's like, yeah, I got this when it came out. Like, I I also have the um. The the they haven't released it. I don't think since it's a it's the Hogan with the um oh yeah with the, the X. red X yeah, yeah I have I have the hoodie of that and yeah. I have the T shirt of it too. So I, I I like never see it again. It's like a one of like one of one type of thing that you'll never get from them ever again. So uh, I take pride in owning those types of uh you know, like that that memorabilia anyway. So I love it, man. It, it it's like it like pays homage to like the old school culture of doing like bootleg shirts. You know what I mean? Like you go to like a like a hip hop show or you go to like any like big show back in the day and and you wouldn't really care about the official shirts. You wanted to go get the bootleg shirts because those were always like the best looking ones, the best designs, and you yeah. knew that they were limited edition. 
I still remember buying bootleg shirts at Metallica shows, <laughs> you know, but like, I, I love that. I love that idea. And that's kind of like the old school in me where it's like, okay, it might not be on the up and up all the time, but it is fun to kind of dabble and, and have a little fun in that realm. You know? Yeah. Have, have you done any, have you done, I'm not sure if I had, if I asked or if you answered, did you, have you done any things for any like music artists or anything like that? Or is, is that? No, I'd no? love to though. I would love to, like, I'm a huge music fan. So like, I would love to do something for like my favorite bands, but you know, I've done, I've done like pieces just for fun, you know, like uh, I did like a really cool James Hetfield and I did oh, uh, that'd be Josh, Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age. I did stuff, but, um, but yeah, that would be really cool. Um, my buddy Juan from of the dead, he's done a lot of band shirts. It's kind of how you got to start, you know, getting into, doing shirt designs. That's why all of his shirts kind of look like they got the punk rock vibe. Um, but yeah, I'd love to do some band stuff in the future. Yeah, man. I was, I'm actually like getting ideas in my head now that, that I'm going to, I won't say them on the show, but we'll say it. I'll say it off air, but uh, actually I actually have some ideas that I, that I want to run across. But um, so what's the, what do you think you, what, what's the future of, uh, of your, of your brand? Um, what do you see? Would you see yourself going? Is it is it something where you know you're just cool with what you're doing now, or is it do you do you want to take it like to a bigger level at some point? Well, it's definitely it's definitely changed over time. Like when I was doing mostly fan art, that was kind of my way of getting more more gigs and and doing more work. Now now work is all I do, which is why I'm not as regular with like art posts and stuff like that because yeah. it's like. Well, I got to wait until the thing comes out. You know, I can't really hype it up. Um, yeah. I'm really happy with where I'm at right now. Like Big Shots, for example. Here's a Ric Flair. This is a license. Yeah, I was, I was eyeing that the whole time. <laughs> that thing's awesome. Yeah, so I'm partnered with these guys, Big Shots. Uh, it's uh, a gentleman by the name of Adam Olson. And we do licensed uh, wrestling buddies for UFC. Ric Flair, Mike Tyson, Jay and Silent Bob. Um, keep it on the DL, but we're going to be putting out Bret Hart one soon. That's going to nice. be really cool. Uh, hopefully in the next couple weeks here. And then uh, that's stuff I'm really stoked on right now. Like I'm really excited to like put my own stamp on it because that's like the caricature artist in me. It's like I, I get to design something from scratch. Um on top of that, you know, I'm still freelancing for Roosevelt's every now and then, but I actually, I was talking to a friend of mine at Wrestle Dream. I, I, I showed him a list. One day I sat down, I made a list of all the wrestlers I've done stuff for. Yep. And, and I was looking at that list and I was like, damn, like I've really, I've done some cool stuff for like really high profile names. I probably only have maybe four or five more names on my bucket list. Wow. And then after that, who knows? It's pretty much it after that. Man. Well, it's not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw in the towel and hang it up, <laughs> but, but I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be hitting it as hard is what I'm saying. Like I, I want to be able to hang my hat on all these other things that I did and just, and just be like, okay, well, if I can do a few things for these wrestlers that I respect and admire, then I can say, okay, well, I got to do at least one thing for every wrestler that I grew up or that I currently love watching. 
And that, yeah. that right there for me, that's it. Like, I mean, who wants to do like 20 shirts of the rock? Who wants to do 20 shirts of Bret True. Hart? You know what I'm saying? Like if I can do that one Bret Hart shirt, I always wanted to do, I'm going to do it. And then, you know, if I can do that one stone cold shirt that I always wanted to do, I'll do mm-hmm. that. And then, and then tap out. So I got a few more on the list. I'm not going to say who they are, but fingers crossed that it happens in the next couple of years. And then I can say, all right, if anything else comes up, great. I'll take it on, but I'm not going to actively seek out any more stuff. I'm just going to kind of ride it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, one more, one more question before I let you go. So I always, I always end the show off with this. If, if obviously if you're a wrestling fan, if you, if you, if I, I, cause I interview people that aren't wrestling fans, so I don't ask them this question, but uh, if you are, I do ask you this. So, I always go with a, a scenario where, you know, you have a friend that may have, you know, you know, watch wrestling and then, you know, they kind of like, you know, grew up, you know, didn't stop watching it, whatever. And uh, they're kind of like a casual. So my question to you is if you were to try to, you know, bring that person back into wrestling, whether it be, you know, you know, golden age, you know, attitude era now, what match would, you show them actually it would have to be now technically what match would you show them to bring them back into into wrestling to be that like you know get their eye back on the product oh man that's hard hmm. okay there's there's two different levels to it okay man okay there's there's the entertainment aspect and then yep. there's the storytelling aspect from an entertainment aspect I would probably show them any any match with the Lucha Bros and the mm. Young Bucks and FTR if they're in the mix. Mm. I don't know how many matches they've all done at the same time, but I just recently watched the Bucks go up against like three other teams at Wrestle Dream. Yep, and that was yeah. that was so damn exciting and so much fun. And you didn't have to know anything about anyone. You just watched it and you were just like floored. None of it made any sense. Yeah. But it was like <laughs> so much fun to watch. You know what I mean? So there's that for, for that. And then, I mean, if I'm going recently, you know, Zane and Reigns at Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Is probably. And that's and that's strictly for storyline purposes because they show you the whole package of the year leading up to it. Yep. So like I have a friend actually, his name's Ted, and I remember watching uh Sammy and the Bloodline with him. And and I was telling him, I was like, dude, this is long form storytelling. This at its finest. This is like a year-long story, and it's all culminating. And um so I think I would probably show them that match, not based off the merits of the match itself, but the story yeah. that led up to it. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that's uh, yeah, I um, man, I, yeah, I took my son to um, the Survivor Series in Boston when they did the first ever War Games on Survivor Series, and uh, that was like the pinnacle of obviously the whole you know Bloodline storyline with all of them together and all that stuff. And he was like freaking, he he, he was. That that brought him into like I mean Roman Reigns pretty much brought him into watching wrestling, yeah. Um, but like, you know, just being able to see like that whole thing as he watched on YouTube, I, they still have it up there. You can watch like it's like a two hour 
like bloodline movie pretty much it's like it's literally all the segments from 2020 when roman reigns returns all the That's way crazy. up to i think uh re- up to wrestlemania when uh the usos are going to face sammy and ko so literally all those segments it's about two hours and 20 minutes of like the whole and it's literally a movie like you could sit there and just watch it like it's a movie it is weird because you see the you know the thunderdome and the yeah. you know, the crowdless yeah. stuff but that's where all that's where that's that's the beautiful part of it is that's where that whole like that's where they were able to express their you know artistic integrity essentially that's where they would you know be able to develop those characters who's to say you know that storyline would have like been better was if there was yeah, what know, man. Prison. like i i wish i could have been a fly in the wall when that whole storyline was kind of presented, you know what I mean? Cause like, you know, Roman took that six month break yep, and then came back full on. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, you know, it, it, it never ended where they had intended. Like it was like its own thing, but I, I, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall when like Paul Heyman, like I could just imagine him just saying, okay, everybody, we have this champion <laughs> and he's been a champion for three years. And then, like, you know, he's going to squash everyone that comes his way, but somehow still elevate them. And yeah. And then the, the whole story with Jay, you know, like the whole abusive relationship. And then, like, it all builds Jay up to be like the only guy that's pinned Roman. Yep. Now he's main event Jay. And now he's currently tag champions with Cody. Yeah. And, which is crazy. and Jimmy now is like going nuts, you know, when, yeah. When, like, I, I just think it's so, it's so, intriguing and everything sammy did with them i love it oh. i'll t- tell you what during during survivor series when sammy did the <laughs> that, oh yeah the four <laughs> i was like oh I, I was like yes this is so cool um yeah so be, before i let you go just to get to the uh the um paul Heyman did an interview i forget what i think it what um well he did a podcast i forget what podcast it was but he actually talks about that whole you know the whole inception of the bloodline storyline and what happened and, you know, what happened with Roman when Roman took off and was like, you know, obviously with the COVID stuff and, you know, him having a, a you know, his immune systems kind of compromised in yeah. that sense. He wanted to be, you know, protect his health. But at the same time, Paul Heyman said he was like pretty much done. Like he was like done with like, you know, he, he his character, like he wasn't happy with what they were doing with like the Roman Reigns character, blah, blah, blah. So he said he got a call from Vince McMahon. Um, and Vince said, Hey, Paul, do you want to come back and manage somebody? And then he and Paul Heyman was like, I don't know who the hell you're going to put me with because, like, you know, Brock's not coming back. He's pretty much like he's done with, like, after that WrestleMania. He's like, I, he's like, I couldn't even imagine who he, he was going to put me with. And then he goes, and he said, Vince McMahon goes, What do you think about you teaming up with Roman Reigns? And he was like, Oh, yes. okay, that will work. And then yeah. hence, you see that SmackDown episode with Roman Reigns sitting down, dude. That was camera pans over, and so as much as my the moral of my story is, as much shit people want to give Vince McMahon, you can thank him for <laughs> the bloodline yeah. storyline. No, listen, he <laughs> might he might not listen to most <laughs> most people's ideas, and he might not listen to like what a lot of people say, and he might have some dumb ideas, but he's also got the clackers to come up with crazy ideas and go for it. Because he knows, he knows what what's going to happen. Nothing, nothing. He's not going to lose money on it. True. You know, he he just sold his company for nine billion to TKO. 
Yep. You know, (laughs) it's one of those things where as, as a business person myself, you want to take risks because even if you do fail, you, you learn, you you know that, okay, well, I won't do that again. And, you know, for better or for worse, people might perceive you to be the fool for making a mistake, but they're technically the ones that are the fools because listen, they, they didn't have the gumption or the gall to do it on their own, you know? So it's like better to fall on your face, pick yourself up and learn from it and move forward than to never have tried at all. So yeah, yeah, he's, he's a, I mean, he's a creepy dude. Let's not, (laughs) let's not forget that. Yeah. Let's not forget that aspect. (laughs) But at least, at least the man, the man has the guts to like take risks and yeah. I, I can't even imagine what the phone call was like with Roman, you know, where Roman's just like, dude, the only way this is going to work is if I'm heal. Yeah. Yep. You know, he, he, even Paul Heyman was like, I don't, he's like, I, he's like, you want me to work with Roman? Like, I don't like, he's a good guy. I don't know how it's going to like, uh, like pan out. And then, you know, Vince was like, no, he's going to be a bad guy. Now he's going to be a heel. And, and they, you know, like you said, they, the, they were lucky. They didn't have a crowd. That's the whole thing. Like, I think yeah. it actually probably would have worked if they did have it. Cause they were booing him anyway. So it would have like, worked just fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Thunderdome was a good, a good thing because you're able to like show more emotion and, and they're able to like workshop stuff. And like even hell in a cell with Jay, like just uh, them crying in the ring. Like I, I, I couldn't believe I was seeing that on a wrestling show. You know, Oscar I mean? worthy right there. Oscar, Oscar worthy <laughs> acting yeah, from, uh, from Roman. But um, this was awesome, dude. This was a this was a great interview. I I, I mean, I, you are you're amazing, dude. Like just here, just this story, the the you know the things you accomplished since you know with the I mean with your artwork and stuff like that. Like like I said, I, I'm I'm one of those people. Like I'm excited when I see like you know. Someone that I'm, you know, I'm watching from afar. Yeah, um, yeah. Just be successful. Like, I don't, I mean, we're not like close friends or anything like that, but just seeing your, you know, just seeing your growth, like just follow, following your page for so long and seeing like, you know, the different, you know, and you telling me all the, you know, the different people you in, interacted with and all the different uh, things you've done is like, that's, it's inspiring to me anyway to like, you know, do what I do. And I'm, I'm hoping like when if people listen to this episode, they get inspired as well, but well, I definitely want to thank thing, you, man. You're doing the thing. It's like the secret sauce is the secret sauce is communication. You know, it's yep. like I, I was talking about that with artwork, but the secret sauce really is if you want to be successful in anything, you know, build relationships, grow relationships, create a positive environment, shake off any of the negativity yeah. and then just keep, keep pushing forward, man. Like I've seen some stupid ridiculous stuff myself and i just i just throw it all out there and focus yeah. on things that are good you know what i mean yeah you want to surround yourself with uh with like-minded people as they say like nothing yeah. uh nothing that's going to deter you the only thing that's going to like you said the only thing that's going to stop you is is yourself from not even you know going forth and doing it yeah um and that's you know that's i mean that's where that's where i was at with this i was kind of you know just talking to sheena chick foley saying like you know i want to do this but you know, it's kind of, I'm going to be by myself. I don't have you or <laughs> right. you know, Seth or anyone else to lean on. We're all bouncing ideas off each other. And, you know, we do a co- podcast with like, I'm doing it with three other people. So, I, you know, it's easier that way. But like when you jump in by yourself, it's uh it's a little bit different. So uh, especially with like, I'm talking to people I'd never talked to before. So that's another, that's another like, wow, that's, well, you're that's doing why it, man. I, I want to do it. So 
Yeah. Right. You're totally doing it. And I, I wish you nothing but the best. I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Thank you, man. But um, before we go, well, I mean, obviously you can you know, tell them, tell them, tell people where they can find you. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the main way you can find me is on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Nolanium, N-O-L-A-N-I-U-M as in mother. Uh, that's where I put a lot of my content. Uh, I'm also on Twitter every now and then. Uh, but that house is kind of crumbling apart, so I don't yes. really go on there nearly <laughs> as much as I used to. Um, and then I'm also on Facebook, uh, Nolanium Art, uh, facebook.com slash Nolanium Art. Uh, I'm always updating. Uh, I'm always posting things that I'm working on, especially in my stories more often than not. And I'm always uh, here if you have questions. Um uh, I'm not currently taking commissions, but if you are a fellow artist and you have questions about what I do uh, or how to kind of get your foot in the door, I can help steer you in the right direction. So that's awesome. one thing I take a lot of pride in. Awesome. And uh, we'll end it there again. Thank you for joining. And uh, yeah, we'll see you. Uh, we'll, we'll see everyone next time. Thank you for listening on this uh, audio journey, as I like to say. Peace out, everyone. Yeah. Thank you, Marco. Thank you.